Hello and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping and equipping parents as well as children's ministry workers disciple the children in their area of influence. We're so glad to have you join us today uh, for an important discussion as we gear up for uh, Easter time. Now, Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Enjoying the the nice weather here in, in Georgia. Um, seems like the, the groundhog was wrong. My in-laws moved to Punxsutawney uh, at the end of last year, and so we got to see Punxsutawney Phil in his little burrow at the library, and uh, he he was wrong down here, at least. I don't know what it's like up, in, up there right now, but it's been pretty weather here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been beautiful here, too, so, uh, you know, I think uh, the uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great surprise that a groundhog is not such an expert in weather prediction. But I'm, you know, I'm amazed at his longevity. He's like, what, over 100 years old? So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's really lasted. So I wonder what's in his diet that's getting him these long years. I'm sure it's some kind of organic, you know. And Ben, uh, tell the people uh, who you are and where you're at. Uh, well, I am Ben Palaz. I'm the Family and Children's Discipleship Pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, I'm a televangelist. So <laughs> you are so indeed. <laughs> Side note: it's because our t- our church broadcast on local TV. So wow. there you go. Good to know. So yeah, I haven't quite <laughs> achieved that level as of yet. So <laughs> hey, man, that private jet. I'm I'm picking mine out now. So yeah, that's good. You, to just, know. you just keep at it. Keep your foot to the uh-huh. but, you know keep at the grindstone. Yeah, yeah. You got to have the top of the line of that though. So well, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Anyway, I'm uh, as I mentioned, I'm Tony Tersoni, Anthony Tersoni, the family pastor at Westminster Baptist Church in Westminster, Maryland. And uh, this podcast will be their podcast uh, posted the closest to Easter time. So uh, we're gonna kind of have her. Uh, Easter themed podcast. I got my Easter bunny outfit on, and uh, I'm I'm all ready for all this. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, with Easter coming up, I've it's interesting. You know, a lot of people don't really care that much about Easter coming up. I was doing some research, and Easter has really been going down the past several years in terms of its influence as an American holiday. It uh, once was one of the top holidays in America, and uh, I was reading one, uh, that something that said that only 25% or so of Americans consider uh, Easter to be in their top five holidays, five most important holidays. And in terms of overall, Americans ranked it somewhere between six and eight. Uh, most important holiday of the year. They put it kind of right along the uh, same lines as they do Valentine's Day, which is a holiday that was basically invented by a uh, p- um, by a postcard company. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, in fact, Americans spend about the same amount of money, slightly less money, on uh, Mother's Day gifts than they do on all of East, all everything for Easter combined. Interesting. So not a big holiday by any stretch, and I think that's a yeah, shame. It's more of a fashion holiday these days. That is true, I guess. So, I mean, you're you you're really knowledgeable about uh, what you can wear before or after Easter, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, did, I used to work retail, and uh, so that it was a big thing with that people coming in to get you know Easter outfits and bright colors and things like that. And I mean, you know, often it was a parade that those things at church for the once or twice that you go and. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my experience. You Southerners love your pastels, though, don't you? Now, uh, what are your Easter plans this year? Uh, you know, that's like a month out. I hadn't gotten that far. <laughs> of course, to worship with our church and our family. And we typically have a family picnic with extended family. 
But beyond that, I'm really not sure. How about you? Okay. So for us, we'll probably decorate Easter eggs. It's kind of been a thing that we've done more and more recently, especially as uh, my history nerd self has learned some more history connected to those. Uh, I, we will also uh, that uh, certainly go to church unless uh, you know the flu were to strike our household or anything uh, like that. Maybe Ebola come by. Uh, we will be going to church, uh, and we'll probably on the night of Easter we probably will do kind of the whole the whole uh, resurrection eggs presentation. Uh, we'll probably do resurrection eggs leading up to Easter and do the, all the resurrection eggs in Easter afternoon or Easter dinner time. So probably nothing uh, big meal-wise. I'm sure I'll try to get some bacon in my system, of course, though. <laughs> of course. And I mean, and Jesus has declared all foods clean, so. He most certainly has, and uh, we have to stand in awe of the beauty and the delicacy that is uh, bacon. <laughs> Amen. How did you spend Easter as a kid? A lot of the things I just described. I mean, we would go to church, and uh, we did Easter baskets. And so generally it involved some sort of, you know, thing to wear, um, spring kind of thing. We would have big family gatherings. And I remember enjoying them fairly well. Um, We'd have a big Easter egg hunt. We had some cousins that had a big house and a big yard. And so we would often go out there. And uh, now I spent some of that time arguing with some cousins and that kind of thing. But, you know, we'd have a big meal, ham and macaroni. I I distinctly remember those things. But uh, it it was, I guess in a lot of ways it was a family holiday. But again, you know, we we did start the day uh, going to hear the gospel proclaimed at church. Absolutely. That's great. For us, we uh, really focused on we, we did big Easter baskets. We always, whenever we got up in the morning, we got our Easter baskets. So, you know, uh, I remember we'd get things from sometimes. Full of bacon. Oh, yeah, I wish. the uh, <laughs> we'd, we'd get all of our candy. We'd get uh, some big presents. Sometimes we get video games, <laughs> unfortunately. Or, you know, we get sports activities. Uh, so, you know, we, um, we always got. I always got a huge chocolate bunny that I love the chocolate bunny. Sometimes I'll still get the giant chocolate bunny to this day. The uh, I, I one year as a kid I rem- that uh, my parents got me a chocolate bunny that uh, must have been about the size of one of my children today. Uh, so not not little <laughs> things, not low in calories, but delicious nonetheless. Do you know one year the there was kind of. Uh, the, we uh, we really did something unique on Easter. Uh, we went to my dad was building a house that we would move into. I believe it's the house that they uh, no it, was, it wasn't the house we live in now. So a house that we would end up moving into. And uh, my my dad had said that uh, the Easter Bunny went to the wrong house. Uh, didn't go to the house that we were staying in at the time. And uh, so we need to go over to the house that my dad was building for us to live in. And so we went over there, and uh, my dad had found something to put. Uh, uh, like bunny bunny paw prints going up the stairs, so we were able to follow the paw prints, all uh, giant paw prints up the stairs, and uh, we found our Easter baskets there. So it's kind of a special uh, family time. I still remember as a kid. That's fun. Yeah, you, you talked about the the big chocolate bunnies. Uh, we've got some friends who they have five kids, and uh, one of their sons, uh, one of their kids is autistic, and so. Uh, he wakes up really early often, and so on Easter, he got into the Easter baskets, found them put out, and I think they had a, a an exchange student at the time, too, so there may be at least six baskets. I don't know if the parents had them or not, but he ate everyone's chocolate bunny oh, that no. morning. Oh, no. And so, <laughs> yeah, it didn't go so well later. 
Oh no, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, the <laughs> now, does your church uh, do anything special for uh, Easter time? Does your uh, senior pastor on Easter service uh, get up in a get up in a Easter bunny outfit and present everyone with giant chocolate bunnies? Um, you know, we've, we've considered it, so we'll see what happens. We do have an egg hunt with a resurrection lesson um, while the eggs are being hidden. Um, plus, then there's a, a kid versus parent kickball game that's at a local park. Now, it's not like church-wide, um, but it is one thing that happens. And then the last couple of years, we've had a big emphasis on inviting people. That's and good. we've we've seen... Um, same people rise up to that, and they have invited a lot of people. And so a lot of people have heard the gospel through it. Um, and so, I mean, it spiked our attendance um, almost 100% um, one year, and I think at least 100% the other year. So, and I mean, we we have maybe 400-ish that come. So, um, it, I mean, it's encouraging when you see that many people there. Now, unfortunately, you don't see them there the rest of the year. But they, they did hear the gospel very clearly in the two years that I've been here. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. <laughs> Uh, so what, what you guys do? Some years we'll do kind of the old school cantata uh, with the choir and on Easter service. Uh, the other that uh, no, I don't believe we're doing that this year, uh, but we typically make it a uh, worship service for families to worship together. Uh, so something that we kind of celebrate it together as a family. So I will, as the family uh, pastor, I will do kind of a presentation for the kids in the worship service, and then the kids get to celebrate with their parents. You know, so we really unify the parents to get uh, the families together on Easter Sunday since I've been here at least. Cool. So now is Easter just a time to dress like bunnies and eat Cadbury eggs? Well, for many people. <laughs> um, actually, my dad has a pink bunny costume, you know, from the movie Christmas Story. Nice. And so my sister got it for, <laughs> for Christmas. And so last year at Easter, um, we were at my parents' house and we sent my two oldest children my daughters outside to they were looking for eggs or looking for an easter basket or something and so my dad's out there my dad's like 6 2 230 240 nice. something like that and he's hiding in the bushes in this big bunny costume nice. <laughs> and so then you know, the girls <laughs> found him and they're they're going crazy but no i mean clearly easter should be more about the resurrection of christ about him defeating and destroying death yeah Amen. So, you know, I do want to address the Cadbury egg things. I think the people that do the Cadbury eggs are, are really misled and mistaken. Uh, the the uh, Reese's eggs are always just so much better. Uh, that's really the kind of <laughs> eggs that you need to do around Easter time. Uh, but, uh, but no, in all seriousness, Easter is... is far much more than that. It is our greatest Christian holiday. I, I think Clearly, as Christians throughout history have understood, it is the greatest Christian holiday, even greater than Christmas is. Uh, mm -hmm. So the, it's our oldest uh, holiday. Uh, Christians have celebrated Easter for thousands of years. The, but I think these, um, the, all these distractions, uh, all these uh, fun, you know, springy activities that we make Easter about, uh, I think can be uh, distractions from the point.
And, you know, I think these distractions are sometimes even more significant distractions from Christmas time. So you, I've mm-hmm. encountered uh, children that uh, are raised in churches that have no idea that uh, Easter is about something different than the Easter Bunny. Uh, they don't care as much about the Easter Bunny as they do Santa because Santa gets some better stuff. But I think these distractions are such a huge deal because it's, it is the most Christian holiday there is. And so we make it about things other than that. And we make it about a bunny or even about a basket or, or about chocolate. I think we have done such a great disservice and a hindrance on teaching our children about God. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've shined the light in a, an uncomfortable place. But, I mean, we have, I think even in the, well, in the church, there's still a big emphasis on Easter. But culturally, the, the stuff that's going on um, has been undermined. And, you know, there was something several years ago where the New York Times published something, about, an article about Easter, and it, it noted that uh, Christians were, uh, it, it was the holiday that celebrates Jesus' ascension into heaven, and it made it through, you know, the editors and fact-checking and all that, no one even knew, you know, no one noticed that this was uh, not what Easter is about, and so, but it is a bigger, in, in a way, it's a bigger deal than Christmas. Um, yes, we're thankful for the incarnation, but the purpose of the incarnation was you know, the cross and the resurrection. It's not when uh, he hopped up into heaven or, you know, when somebody, <laughs> right. or a God, the father put him in a basket and lifted him up. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Paul's the one that was in the basket. Okay. <laughs> that is accurate. So the, um, uh, why, now with this talk about resurrection, there's the point, you know, of Easter, what we celebrate in Easter. Uh, why do we need to teach children about the resurrection of Christ? Well, because it's where the the, the scripture, the, the the story of scripture is going. Um, it's God triumphing over sin and death and hell. I mean, Romans tells us the wages of sin is death. The fair payment for sin is death, and God has overwhelmed death as He sent His Son to to die for sin and then be raised to a new life. And so He's overcoming sin and all of the junk that comes with it. And so it ultimately it concludes in our own resurrection and a new creation, and so it's tied up with God's plans for history, um, and it's you know our hope is tied to that. So it's not just sort of like, you know, a cool add-on. The cross without the resurrection isn't good news. I mean, Paul makes that point in First Corinthians 15. He says that your our faith is in vain; it's worthless, and you're still in your sin if if Christ hasn't been raised. Um, and then in Romans, he talks about that he was raised for our justification, our, our being declared right in God's sight. And so you have to have both. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's so very, very important that way. Uh, you know, we, uh, as Christians, we are resurrection people. I mean, this is what we're supposed to be all about. I mean, this defines our hope who we are. Uh, I mean, it's the basis. The resurrection is the basis for our new life. And there's so clearly that connection in Scripture between our new life that uh, we have as our new life in Christ. It's because Christ had defeated death and he, he had uh, life, that he defeated death and, and returned to life. Uh, and if we don't teach the resurrection regularly, uh, in, fact, I, in fact, I think we might as well be teaching uh, Zeus about Zeus or teaching about <laughs> Baal in our children's Sunday school classes. I, and, you know, and I'm not kidding. The, uh, I think um, that, uh, you know, we, if we don't teach about the resurrection, our God is no different than the idols. Uh, and uh, there is the, we've taken away the greatest truth about the, our Savior. Yeah, I mean, that's your right on. 
Yeah, so the uh, so either teach about the resurrection or, or construct an altar to Baal in your Sunday school room. <laughs> yeah, you might want to have a big, you know, it's going to get messy in there, the sacrifices. It will get messy. That is true. So uh, what Easter traditions can we appropriate or utilize in the discipleship of kids? Should we just kind of abandon all of these Eastery stuff uh, that to melt all the chocolate uh, and make uh, that uh, make all the people drink them? <laughs> Grind it up and uh, the gold foil and the, the, the wrappers. Put in you know, some milk or something that, too, you know. So, <laughs> I think that we can make use. Um, I mean, I haven't done much of it myself. We've done it a little bit at church, but you mentioned the resurrection eggs earlier. Um, those eggs. Now, I don't know the history of the eggs. You said you've been learning more about that lately, so you could share that. But um, bringing those eggs in. I mean, Easter eggs are what a lot of people associate with Easter. And so bringing that in as it tells the story of Jesus' cross and his resurrection. Um, and, I, you know, the emphasis on spring and new life, the flowers and stuff like that. I think that you can use that to connect, to talk about God bringing new life and overcoming death. Um, and, I mean, we're going to get into this in a minute, but the, the, you know, family picnics, that's often a time when families will gather extended families. And it can be used to illustrate that, that celebration is a fitting response to what Jesus has done and including others in that celebration with us, that it's not just this private joy, but, you know, we want to spread this to others. Oh, you Southerners and your picnics. Uh, up north, we don't have the opportunity typically for a picnic. <laughs> you still get snow on the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> the you know, uh, the Easter egg, yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, so I always thought the Easter egg is a pagan tradition, just like, you know, for example, on Christmas, the uh, tree is, is a pagan tradition. That's okay, but it's pagan. Uh, and uh, the Easter egg is not, actually, nor is even decorating Easter eggs. So the Easter egg actually goes back to the early church. I mean, like the first couple hundred years after Jesus, uh, Christians started celebrating Easter time and the resurrection of Christ. And one of the ways that they would do that would be uh, that would be uh, decorating eggs. And the reason why was because, especially at the time, that the eggs signified new life. And uh, so they thought that the egg, using the egg in their worship, uh, signified that the life that they had in Jesus, as well as uh, Jesus returning to life uh, in the resurrection. So, you know, I don't think they did anything like uh, like kiss an egg uh, and uh, put it in their pocket while they went down a, a toboggan, like in Cool Runnings, that uh, movie in the <laughs> 80s. But uh, you know, they certainly embraced the, uh, the imagery of the egg. And so I think that's something really beautiful. I think if we teach it and show it, you know, this is a reminder of the life that we have in Jesus and the life that he returned to and the greater life in that sense. Uh, you know, the... You know, in general, I'm not, in regards to a lot of the other things, I'm general, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of the of cute white lies or misplacing Easter's point, you know. A lot of people do want to do, you know, uh, make it about uh, that the Easter bunny, about uh, that him magically getting you uh, a ba your child a basket. I, I'm not big on that kind of uh, misplacement of the focus, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun, fun with it. You know, I think it's okay to do the candy and gifts thing, or even the big Easter ham that, in my 
my place uh, and where I'm at, you're going to have indoors because it's going to be bitter cold. Uh, <laughs> as long as <laughs> we're clear. Yeah, as long as we're clear on the point of why we're doing Easter, that, you know, this isn't about the chocolate, that, that as much as chocolate is delicious, it's not about the uh, gifts or the little confetti stuff that's going to choke uh, the uh, two-year-old to death that's in with the baskets. <laughs> that stuff is such a pain to clean up. Oh, man. It is awful. It's from the devil. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's certainly been co-opted by the evil one. <laughs> Now, uh, can you teach Christ's resurrection to child without teaching about his death? I mean, it seems pretty difficult. It's kind of like, well, he was alive and then he was alive again. Wow, kids, you know, hey, okay, let's go make a macaroni cross. Exactly. You know, macaroni. So, yeah, I I don't think, and and we've talked about this before, there was a curriculum publisher that decided to leave out. I don't remember if it was the resurrection to, I think they did. They left out the cross and the resurrection because they thought it'd be confusing to kids. And I think if if it's the same, if it's the publisher, I think it is, they've corrected it to some extent. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you you have, that's the center of, of the faith that that's, you know, God showed himself most fully in his son, Jesus, who came to, to die and rise again. So uh, just, there's no way to avoid it. And, and it's, a, it's a, such a beautiful display of God's love. So, Yeah. It's, uh, the resurrection is, again, back to what you said, it's, it's, it's narrative nonsense without Christ's death. It just doesn't make any sense at all. That uh, I mean, to teach, uh, again, to teach kids that Jesus rose again. From what? He has to rise again from something. Uh, but even worse, the resurrection is theological nonsense without uh, without his death. There's no reason for it. There's no point to it. Uh, it takes away the power of it. The so if he didn't def- take care of our sins, so what that he rose again? I mean, there's really still no hope apart from Christ's death, and we need to teach our kids the reality of God's punishment of sin. And if we teach the punish God has to punish sin, then. Oh, yeah, we can have new life, but we're going to have new life in hell then, at best case scenario. Uh, we're going to live forever in hell would be the kind of the closest hope that we could have if Christ hadn't died first, if we didn't mm-hmm. first understand his, his amazing death. So how do we incorporate the whole story of Holy Week into our teaching, especially the message of Good Friday? Well, I mean, first, you need to know it, um, and then tell what happened and tell why. Um, I mean, it's leading to that God is stronger than sin and death. And so, I mean, you, you open up and you've got Jesus being recognized as the king, and the king is coming to conquer sin and then ultimately uh, death by the, the, the beginning of the new week. And so um, you, you just have to weave it all in. I mean, that, again, it's the center of the Christian message. It's, it's the center of our hope. And so... Um, kids, have, you know, you don't have to be brutal and like show, you know, kindergartners the passion, but um, them knowing the the point of why all these events happen because they are interconnected. That's good. Yeah, I I think one very practical thing is, uh, you know, uh, the Good Friday services sometimes are going away, and I think it's a shame. Uh, and I think perhaps in celebrating 
the whole Holy Week and understanding it, consider maybe going to a whole Good Friday service with your family that before Easter. You know, a worship service celebrating that in anticipation of the resurrection. Uh, and I think also in talking about the different days leading up to Jesus' death during your family worship time. You know, and I think uh, one way that we do that, uh, as I mentioned a little bit, is the, those resurrection eggs that I believe that are produced by uh, Family Life. I, I remember so. right today. Right. So, and I think those are a great resource and great help to kind of prepare us and to make the Holy Week uh, something that's significant. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids will be engaged by that. Yes. Now, how can we make our Christian celebration of Easter a spiritual high note for our kids? Um, I think you let it outshine Christmas. And that's, I think, that that's just my take on it. Now, I don't know that that means you have to give even more presents or, you know, do something like that. Um, but Christmas isn't, in the end, as significant as Easter. Um, the point of Christmas was Good Friday and Easter. And so uh, just the anticipation around it and, again, the the, the meaning of it, and I think if if your family has experienced sadness in some way, um, death, to to try to weave that in uh, appropriately, depending on the age of your kids, um, that that God is overcoming all of of the brokenness that sin brings and the sadness that it brings, uh, and so we can have hope because God Himself uh, has triumphed. Um, so I mean, that's that's more high level. That's not super practical but um yeah that's that's my take on it How about, what do you think that's good so i think we can build anticipation and the weeks coming up to uh that easter you know i don't think this means we have to embrace lent uh you know i know that's a whole uh that uh, a whole thing i don't really want to get into the theology behind lent and especially ash wednesday uh but i think you can still kind of create a season of, of building up to it, just like we do christmas time you know and i mean to be singing uh, there's a lot less things you know they don't really make uh there's not an easter tree that you can decorate with your uh, kids but right. uh, i think there's a lot of ways you know we can sing relevant worship songs and things like that um, as a family uh, make it a time that you're celebrating and anticipating it by and starting to invite people uh, together for the big worship services celebrated in Easter because I mean I think the reality is to some degree less so, far less so than in the past Easter is one of the days that a non-Christian is most likely to come to a worship service and so you know make it a big deal make it a that we celebrate Jesus resurrection by, by showing Showing the people the hope of new life. Uh, one way that, that we've started to, too, that was introduced to us by actually my wife's aunt, uh, who's a Christian as well, uh, who's, uh, she, uh, apparently their family for a long time has done these little resurrection cookies. Uh, these little cookies that uh, the, they're hollow on the inside, and uh, the, when you open up, there's nothing in there. I, my wife could probably give a better explanation of them, and you could probably Google them and find out resurrection cookies. But, uh, you know, in that they have this message of you know the tomb was empty it shows the tomb and and how the tomb was empty and something that my kids are already looking forward to and have asked a little bit about if we're going to do the resurrection cookies again this year and we sure are um 
That's cool. That how can parents guard against the idolatry of family on Easter? You know, I know that I did mention that while it is kind of a big church holiday, a lot of people, a lot of even churchgoers, similar to Christmas time, will skip church so that they can have family time on Easter. You know, to have that family picnic. How do we guard against the kind of idolatry of family and worshiping family first rather than worshiping Jesus first on Easter? You have to remember what Easter's about. Um, and again, family is a gift from God. But no, in, in a sense, the, the New Testament doesn't command us to annually celebrate the the day of the resurrection. It's every Sunday is the Lord's day, you know, and so we're remembering that Jesus rose from the dead. But uh, I think just churches have a role to play in this too, keeping it in front of their people. That that this is this is the the big deal, and so um, as you go about that, I think you can invite people to your family gathering because then it, it's helping to extend show the that that the resurrection created a new community, it created an, a new a new people, and so um, invite neighbors, friends, coworkers, you know, friends from church, people you don't know from church, lost people, but just trying to to bring them into the joy. Uh, and and connecting it on those levels, uh, and that's something I've thought about doing in the past and have not. But I mean, I would like to incorporate that in our family. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, you know, I I think there's so, uh, there's a lot to that, and I think a lot of it is just going to be building up and focusing on that worship service. I, I think of no better day to really build anticipation for a worship service than Easter Sunday. I think it's kind of our capstone Sunday of all of our Sundays. Uh, and even to prepare, I think, to, to fight against that idolatry by preparing your hearts as you come to that important worship service. And, and for that day to be a day of worship, maybe even sing some of the great Easter songs that you're going to be singing uh, on Easter worship service the day before or even after the worship service. Um, now, what can children's ministries do to magnify Christ in Easter celebrations or events? Um, you know, I think for a small fee, my dad might appear in his bunny costume at your your thing. So sounds good. Um, <laughs> I think you know, making more of Jesus than the eggs, the bunnies, the chocolate, and the candy, and the games, and and all that kind of stuff. Just be more excited about Him. And I don't think it's wrong that you have some sort of event um, that could be evangelistic in intent or just trying to get unbelievers there. Um, for your people to be around them. But I'm not um, – like our, our church typically has – and we've done a podcast episode about this, about some sort of children's worship time while the, the, the main worship gathering of the church is happening. Um, we do that, and then we, two times a year – or in the past, two times a year have had um, a Sunday on, on Christmas and on Easter when the kids stay in. And now this past year – we, we actually had the kids come up. We thought, well, if we've got a lot of unbelievers that come and they're not used to having their kids in the service, um, this may be a way to, for us to, to evangelize those kids specifically um, in a way that they're paying attention and maybe just trying to make it accessible to them. Um, and so I think depending on you know the, the, your setting, it might be worth it doing that. Um, but I also see it, it's very valuable to have them in, in the worship service and hear the gospel proclaimed um, to the whole church. So I think there's just a lot that you can do with that, but you can have evangelistic gifts that you give. Um, 
again showing that it's a and don't I don't know don't have it filled with you know Easter Bunny and, and even eggs. I mean, you, you said the history there, but most people don't know that, and so I think you just be very explicit um, about Christ and what He's accomplished. For us, uh, we don't do the big Easter egg hunt, and uh, in our area, we found it not the most effective way as kind of an event uh, thing. Uh, but we uh, there's I think there's a lot of ways that we can kind of build anticipation. So uh, one thing that we do almost every year in our Sunday school hour is we have the uh, big Palm Sunday uh, parade, uh, the Palm Leaf Parade. And I think it's kind of a, it's an old thing that Christians have been doing in America for a long time. And and some people reject it for, you know, being, being such an old kind of traditional thing. But I think there's a beauty in it. And I think we can keep doing the old school Palm Leaf uh, pre- presentations in that kind of way, the Palm Leaf Parades, uh, to anticipate build anticipation for holy week but also one thing that we do as you know we we see uh easter as a time that christ has served us and uh in such an amazing way and so the one of our only events that's kind of a big event in preparation for easter is we have something called family service saturday uh where we we uh come together as families and serve uh those who are in need in our communities we uh and it's uh for the listeners from our church it's on march 17th uh, starting at 9 a.m. And we have a time, uh, one of the major parts of it is we fill up a shoebox full of diff- uh, toys and, and gifts and all sorts of Easter goodies for needy children that wouldn't have opportunities to get those kind of things in our community and to really bless them and ho- in hopes that they might uh, come out maybe to our worship service and maybe hear the wonderful news of King Jesus that loves them far more than we could possibly love them. Uh, so that's that, really cool. Yeah, that's one thing that we do. Uh, and how can uh, the uh, how can churches reach the Christmas Easter kids, the Creaster kids, as we might call them, and their right. families this year? Well, some of the stuff I mentioned before just is you're trying to magnify Christ. Um, I mean, we did this at Christmas where we had a gift for because you know Christmas, uh, our, the Christmas service um, was on the 24th and so we ordered these evangelistic books that assumed that the kids knew nothing about christmas now in our culture here in the south that's not really the case for most kids they know at least okay baby jesus was born but i don't know how much more they know than that um but consider something like that if you've if you've got the funds for it um but find something like it that assumes that they don't know what this is all about and so i mean we got ours um i guess this is a free plug for them but um Matthias Media, because uh, they're they're down in Australia and they're used to evangelizing and discipling discipling people who are coming from all kind of cultural backgrounds who who know nothing about the Bible, and so they really start at the basics and it's square one, and so, and I don't even know what they have for Easter. I would imagine they have something, but um, something like that because kids, I mean, who doesn't like receiving a gift? But um, there, I can think of other things, but I mean, I'm not. Trying, we're not trying to do a commercial for, for different people, but there are ways that you can get that's clear about the importance of Easter and makes the gospel message uh, very plain and accessible to them. Um, I think, too, in your service, explain what you're doing and, or, or talk about it in new, fresh ways because you're going to have people there who they're not used to what you're doing. They don't know why you're doing it. And so um, just making that plain to them. And again, I I think having, consider having a a context for children's teaching. If you expect a high volume of, of kids that are coming who aren't churched, 
and I certainly wouldn't. I mean, we've done both things um, while I've been here, so I'm, I'm not principally, you know, joined to, to just one way of doing it. But I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So uh, for us, we do kind of like I mentioned earlier, we we try to make the worship service, the Chris uh, Easter worship service, a family affair, you know. And so in that, we do have well, we have something for the kids. We have uh, Easter activities for the kids that are silent uh, in the pews, as well as we have uh, a special presentation that involves the kids and really celebrates the kids. And I think and I think that oftentimes when when we bring attention to people's kids, we can uh, that excite families. So I think even one way, too, that uh, as much as it's another old school way of doing things, uh, children's choirs, uh, if you have a big children's choir event on Easter, people will come if they, they know that. They will come watch their kids perform. They will come watch their kids perform and use that opportunity to uh, hear the beautiful voices of children worshiping, but uh, allow this an opportunity to kind of gate bridge into our community. And I think having that evangelistic zest in our uh, Easter services helps us really understand more and more uh, the connection of the Great Commission and the amazing resurrection of Christ. So I don't think these are divorced in any way, shape, or form from one another. It's good. Now, should Easter time be the only time that we teach kids about Christ's death and resurrection? Should we just only teach them about it Easter time and just forget about it for the rest of the year? <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, but sometimes that that does that is what happens. You just if if you just are teaching Bible passages, um, Bible stories, and, the, and you're you're kind of divorcing it from the wider context of the rest of the Bible, then that you could end up there unintentionally. And so, um, not well. I, to me, I don't see why you wouldn't point out some connection to Christ every time you're teaching. Now, I mean, people have different opinions on that, but if you've got the opportunity, why not go ahead and take it? Because, I mean, Jesus said, you know, the, the, these scriptures, Pharisees, that you're looking at, they, they bear witness about me, and you come to me to have eternal life. Um, and so I think that we should just be talking about it all the time, and so that the kids see that it is that big of a deal, that it is the center. It's not just sort of a, an additional Bible story that, well, that's pretty cool, but like this is what it's all building yeah. up to, and um, it, it hangs on. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's sad to me that, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that any curriculum wants to talk about the resurrection of Christ, but what does sadden me is that I, I've encountered many, many children's curriculums, many youth curriculums, many teaching uh, curriculums, period, only really want to address the resurrection of Christ once a year around Easter or, you know, and in some cases of uh, when we talked about avoid telling the whole story of the passion of Christ. Uh, and I, I think this misunderstands uh, the message of Scripture. I think the resurrection is built towards in all of the Bible. I mean, it's point prophesied, you know. It, it is central to who we understand Christ to be. It's not something that we can just mention once a year and adequately understand. In fact, I mean, the reason why Christians worship on Sunday is because we and celebration of the resurrection. So. Right. Yeah, I think historically uh, Christians have understood this to be a core central truth that we need to be talking about each and every single week. So even the hymns that we pick and the, the songs that we sing with our kids, we need to be having, even in September, songs about Christ rising from the dead and the beauty that is contained in it. Even we have family worship in July. We can talk about what it means that Christ has defeated, uh, defeated death for us. Yeah, when I came to understand that the 
the place of the resurrection um, <clears throat> in God's plan. It's not, it's, you know, I guess in, in the past, it's sort of in the background, um, but that it is just monumental in God overcoming sin and all that comes with it. Um, it you know, it's the, the final capping achievement. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it just it brings a lot of, of worship and hope. That's good. Well, uh, thank you uh, that for your vital input, your uh, vital points here, Ben. Listeners, make sure that you guys uh, get us a giant Easter bunnies this year uh, so we can enjoy that in Easter time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, and uh, anyway, um, so we're so glad to have you uh, listen to us and uh, every podcast and most certainly we're glad to have you listen to us today if you like this podcast uh, we want to encourage you to uh, download it uh, download uh, episodes we come out every first and third Thursday of every month and uh, you can uh, download us on iTunes you can listen on on YouTube you can listen to us on, uh, on Spreaker all sorts of sources we're glad to have you listen in, in whatever format that you uh, that you do. And we encourage you, if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode, to review our podcast, especially on iTunes, as this helps us reach more people, as well as share it on social media or in person to those who might be benefited by this podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us with questions, uh, you can reach out to me. At uh, Anthony Tresoni on Twitter, or if you have uh, any complaints, you can reach out to Ben. I'm at Ben Palaz. <laughs> no, just send complaints to Ben. I tease. <laughs> so, and we're again glad to have you join us. Uh, and we uh, we hope that you have a wonderful Easter. That you keep Christ at the center, and that God blesses your families. You celebrate His wonderful resurrection. <laughs>